0: that he's going to be on our team and then (laughs) – Oops. (laughs) 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 Redo. Whoop. Why that back – Hello, and welcome to another episode of Finding Mr. Height, the podcast. I'm Allie, back with my co-host, Rourke. Rourke, we have some major news to talk about today.
1: Pew, 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 pew. pew, pew. I should let you big do Big announcement, big announcement. Big
0: announcement. We launched a
1: Patreon. We launched a Patreon. We're big time, baby.
0: <laughs> I am so excited, and I know you are too. I'm pumped to be able to bring more content to people specifically people who want to hear us talk about FBoy Island. but Yes, Boy Island among others. Yes, but also so much more.
1: Yeah, I think it's going to be great. I think that I love like an opt-in system. You know, if they want it, they got it. They can have it. Ariana, seven rings. <laughs> I want it. I got it. You get it.
0: I get it. And I want it. Love.
1: Um, but yeah, so you'll uh the listeners will notice an FY Island recap missing from this week's podcast. And that's because it is
0: the first episode up on our Patreon that you can have access to right now. Yes. And we are also launching a Discord channel in conjunction with this Patreon where you'll be able to have a community of people to ask each other questions and we will pop in every now and again. I, I just I'm so excited for the possibilities that this Patreon opens up for us. Me too, yeah. So it's just
1: finding Mr. Height on Patreon super easy to find. And the we're trying to like with the discord channel, we're literally making a podcast group chat, you don't have we don't have to even like, analogize to it anymore. It will exist. It will
0: exist. And we're calling it the search party.
1: Yes, because we are all searching for something,
0: whether it be oh. <laughs> yes.
1: what is it? What is the sex and the city quote, where it's like in New York, you're always looking for
0: a, a partner, an apartment or a new job. <laughs> yep, pretty much. <laughs> uh, love it. So very exciting. Go check that out. But without further ado, how are you doing this week? I'm in like a bit of a funk, honestly.
1: You know? I Yeah. Yeah. It's weird. I felt this I, – I worked out this afternoon and movement always makes me feel better, which isn't to say that mm-hmm. it's not also totally okay to just like spend a day in bed if that's available to you and, you know, check out. That's what I did. <laughs> totally. Love that. <laughs> and – But for like, I knew that I would feel better after. So like I really committed, I I really wanted to go and work out. And so I've been feeling better since then. And I had like a really yummy lunch, but I don't know. I just felt like kind of on the verge of tears today. And I've also been, I haven't been letting it show to people, but I've been feeling kind of irritable with others. And I don't know. I I don't know. Is my period starting? Could be. I don't know.
0: I I shared this with you earlier today. I have also been on the verge of tears for the last 24 hours or so.
1: Yeah, this is so weird. Like, (laughs) we're like our emotions are very in sync.
0: (laughs) I know. I don't know why I'm in a funk. I actually said so. I had a volleyball tournament per usual this weekend, and I was driving home. I drove a few people home, and then I had dropped them off. It was just me and Cindy, my best friend, left in the car, and I like changed the music, and then I we were driving, and then I told her I was like, yeah, I just like feel like I'm on the verge of crying. I don't know why, and she's like, well, maybe you shouldn't have changed the music to Olivia Rodrigo, (laughs) like. Yeah. Yep. You're probably right. But something in me was like, I just want to listen to these sad-ass breakup songs.
1: Yeah. I saw a great – when that album got released, I saw a great tweet by a married man in his mid-40s, like a comedian or something, and he wrote, I didn't know that I was going through a breakup this week.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So I've talked a little bit on the pod about how I've been trying to extend my damp January into, into future months. And I have really been enjoying recess mocktails as a way to have what feels like a fancy drink at home, but without the alcohol.
2: Yeah. And also it's nice to have something in your fridge that just has a little bit of flavor. Totally. And they're they're delicious. They're made with real fruit, sweetened with agave, and again, 0% alcohol. So just a nice, nice little flavorful drink that is a little little play on our favorites here. They got a bunch of great flavors.
0: My personal favorite is the recess watermelon mojito. I actually like to garnish it like it's a actual cocktail. Like I put it in a coupe glass, feel it all fancy,
2: garnish it with a little sprig of mint. It is delicious. And my favorite is the Recess Ginger Lime Mule. I'm a ginger gal. And what I love also, not too sweet. Perfect amount of just a little little sweet treat.
0: They're absolutely delicious. And you can get 15% off Recess mocktails now at takearecess.com slash FMH. So you can enjoy your favorite cocktails without the consequences. I... I also have been feeling irritable. I actually had sort of an altercation with a man at the volleyball tournament I was at yesterday. Oh, shit. Yeah. It's like a lot to go into without under, like without going into the intricacies of volleyball, but like very long story short, there are these teenagers that are really good that play in our volleyball tournaments, like a, a specific small group of them. Okay. And they've gotten so much better and they're really nice kids and it's really awesome that they're like getting better and now playing at this high level.
1: Do you compete directly against a teenager?
0: Yes. Whoa. Okay. So anyone can sign up for the the whatever level they want. Got it. Typically speaking, everybody in the highest level is an adult because otherwise you're probably not as good if you're a child, right? Sure. But I don't know. I guess so I just
1: figure they're at their like peak of physical health.
0: Oh no, we're much better than them.
1: (gasps) Oh, okay. Interesting. Got it. Yeah.
0: So much is probably an exaggeration because they've gotten a lot better, but but Generally speaking, the experienced trumps. Gotcha. Okay. They do have a lot of spunk. There are like <laughs> times when step. you can just tell. Yes, there are times when you can just tell like they will win points on youth alone. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then we will win points on wisdom alone. But anyway. Love. So so their parents, these particular teenagers, their parents are also volleyball players. They're very involved in the people that run the tournament, Have have typically had... Generally good experiences with them. But the dad this weekend was just a problem. And for some reason, he decided he didn't like me. I I truly don't know why.
1: That's so weird. And
0: he – yeah, he decided – so when you do these volleyball tournaments, sometimes you have to ref. So you're like scorekeeping and like um, calling out people that are breaking the rules. Yeah. Just to – I know that you know what I'm talking about, but just to be clear to other people listening that might not understand what that means. He had said that he was going to ref instead of his kids for our final game, which I didn't really think he should do, but I didn't want to be a jerk and be like, no, your child has to ref. So we just like let him do it. But then he was being really aggressive. He said some stuff to me that was extremely aggressive. And I, I am a bit of a hothead. I will own this. especially Like only honestly, specifically when I'm playing sports, I I own that. Like I asked – my two friends that were on my team that are my close friends, like, was I, did I do something to instigate this? And mm-hmm. they were like, no. Like, you were questioning some of the things he was saying, but he was out of line. He was aggressive.
1: Wow. This um, is so crazy.
0: Yeah. And so we actually ended up talking to the tournament director about like not letting that happen again. So it just kind of put, like, we had a really great day and we played so well, but it just kind of put this really bad taste in my mouth at the end. A hundred percent. Yeah, and then we had this like two-hour drive home where I was just kind of like stewing in my emotions, and I was so exhausted from both days of playing, and that absolutely contributed to the the. I'd never. I actually didn't cry. Maybe it would feel better if I had, but I think that contributed to the feeling. Totally. I I, I let a few tears out. I like wanted to. Maybe I should put Olivia Rodrigo back on when we get off the bus.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um. No, I learned the term scheduled cry. A few years ago. And I love that because I think it really suits my personality type. (laughs) But also, that the idea is like crying is a legitimate coping skill, it is a cathartic event. And so, I have certain episodes of TV shows or certain songs, or I actually even have a podcast that I listen to that I know will make me lose it. (laughs) And sometimes I just need to, I just need to pull that ripcord. (laughs)
0: yeah I love that. I maybe I will do that. I mean I will find out what those are and do that after this. I can think of a few TV shows that I could watch, yeah. and in addition to being like in a funk, I was just so angry. Mm-hmm. and I don't have this feeling very much anymore, but I used to, as a kid and a teenager, have extre- like extreme anger like that like just like I could feel my body vibrating with it.
1: Wow. And we could like, not be more different on this.
0: <laughs> I think we've talked about this before. Yeah, we have. And as a kid, it manifested itself in temper tantrums mm-hmm. and a, an insane stubborn streak. Um, and I've obviously gotten much, much better at managing that feeling as I've gotten older. And I'm not – like I don't have anger management issues or anything like that. But like I just – I feel anger really deeply. Yeah. I was just so – I was so angry. And I was angry that he had made me that angry.
1: Yes. It becomes a reinforcing feedback loop. Yeah. That you're already angry and then you're angry that you're angry. And yeah, totally.
0: I hate yes. that. And I just know – I just know that he thinks he won the interaction. It shouldn't, but that would piss me off. <laughs> it fucking piss me off. Yeah. Like he he thinks that I'm the asshole. Mm. and it doesn't matter how many people know that's not true. Yeah. I know that he believes it and I hate that. Yeah. That would that would I would stew in that. Mm. Oh, I have been. Yeah. Relatable. So yeah. So yeah. Both both in funks.
1: Yeah. Well, here we are. Any other um man updates?
2: Mm.
0: So I used my no ghosting script on um the guy from last week. Great. He responded well. The schmoozer. The schmoozer, indeed. Um, And I've had a lot of like stop and start conversations going. I do have my first official match through my matchmaker. This is so exciting. Yeah. So I had – I can't remember last week. Last week had I already found out that I was going to be set up with someone. I think I had. I think you had.
1: Yes, because you talked about being able to find – you found his
0: name. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. So I haven't actually spoken to him yet because I think I mentioned he's going on a trip and he's not coming back till the end of the month. Right. So he will be matched too, probably. Um, but my matchmaker just emailed me no more than five minutes before we jumped on this recording Whoa. with my first match. This is so cool. What's his deal? Or like what do they tell you? So she told me his age, um, his occupation, a few other sort of demographic information. So he's 31. Um, so he is in line with my date younger, but he's not too young. But no, 31's a great age. I think that's – Yes. Tot- that's great. I agree. Um, and he lives in Brooklyn, which is great because Huge. there are many places in the city that could be considered a long-distance relationship. it's relatable. And he he – so I found out like a few different things about him, but she also wrote a pretty long paragraph about just his vibe and like what she – felt like when she was talking to him and what his communication style is like and you know that the the kinds of things that made her think we would get along
1: that's great it's like i mean that's kind of what i look for when if i'm setting up friends or even if i'm connecting people professionally i often try to write something like so and so meet so and so like here's why they're great here's why you're great you guys are going to you know hit it off, whatever. Um yeah. So I love that they put in that effort to give more than sort of just like a bullet list of their resume.
0: Totally. One other tidbit she said is his dad also passed away. Oh, interesting. Do you think he knows that about you? I So one of the things that I actually am going to reply to her – I like I said, I got this email no more than – at this point, 10 minutes ago. <laughs> yeah. I want to ask her what he knows about me. Yeah. that I would like to know just so, that too. Yeah. Like just so that I understand – in general, what are you telling matches about me? Like what can i see it or something yeah. just so that i know like i'm going into this date understanding what information he has 100% um, I, yeah I,
1: I, that would be important to me
0: yeah so he i would imagine that he knows that i don't think it it's something that she would normally lead with but i could see her offering up that information when he shared that with her mhm um i have no other information on on his, on the circumstances at all i i only know that fact that yeah. his dad passed away um so so also, now
1: what is the sequence sorry
0: what is the sequence of
1: events do they present you to him and say this is a client would you go out with her and then get his yes and then go to
0: you to get your like whose yes comes first so his yes comes first gotcha because my yes is implied based on my trust in the matchmaker
1: of Ooh. all of the things that i'm looking
0: for very interesting So I spent a long time on a Zoom call with her talking about the things I'm looking for, talking at length about past relationships and why they didn't work out, what I want, what I don't want, deal breakers, um, you know, things that every single – I was able to have a few must-haves that every single match must have, like one of them is that they live here yeah, and want to and want to live here. Yes. And so I have all of this stuff. And so as part of my contract, I get six matches that she selects based on those things. So she is going out and recruiting, talking to people, whether they're already in the database or not, presenting me to them, what they're finding out about me, I don't know. We will find out. And then getting their yes, at which point she then emails me about them. And I don't have to go out with him, obviously, no one's forcing me to, but he does count as one of my matches regardless. Okay. So, and I'm excited about him. Don't get me wrong. I'm yeah. excited about who she's presented. But e- even if I weren't, I would probably still do it because it counts either way.
1: Yeah. The buy in is already
0: there. And so you may yes. as well. Yes, exactly. Um, and so that just goes to, you know, feeling confident in who you've selected as a matchmaker, mm-hmm. that they are going to represent you well. And understand what you're looking for to be able to select people that you will like. Totally. Well, I'm excited. Are you guys going to – Yeah. So the
1: next steps – Who sets up the – how does the date setup work?
0: He sets it up. So they – they're like a little old school as a company. um, And so they – give him my contact information, and then he will either – they say to text, but like she said, I told him to text you, but sometimes people will call. Mm-hmm. Um, and she agrees with us. She said, if he does call, try to keep it brief. The initial phone call and texting is just about setting up the date. It's like, yes, Love. lady, preach. Yes. Yeah. Um, And she also advised we're not supposed to talk about the matchmaking process. Oh, interesting. V- But And I was kind of laughing about that because that that jives with the whole thing about how you shouldn't spend a date talking about other dating app experiences.
1: Yes, totally. I could say one day, like let's say you end up dating this person. Uh, One day I think you'd want to, but it's not how you spend your first date.
0: Absolutely. And I will want to know, like, how did she find you? Like, I want all of that information. (laughs) But yeah, not right now. Um, And then the other thing is that she said there's no need to talk about Potential deal breakers like religion, politics, do you want kids, et cetera? Because she knows how I feel about all of those and that he aligns. Amazing. How nice. So, like, we know that we agree politically to some extent. Yeah. He would know that I'm not religious and that I w- wouldn't want to raise kids in a religious manner, for example. Yeah. So, if he is somebody who, for whom that's really important, I wouldn't be going out with him. Yes. Like, she, cause she knows that.
1: That's such a great screening. I love that. Yeah. I'm jealous.
0: So, yeah, we'll see. Very good. I need to make up a nickname for him. How about you? What's going on with trivia? So, quick trivia update. The
1: part part of the update is there really isn't a big mm. trivia update. We actually so we had a date during the week that was fun. Um we played backgammon. It was nice. I I'm interested in him, and yet there is something that has been nagging at me and that it's actually funny because somebody asked you this on your AMA. It said, mm-hmm. like, there's something not deep about my relationship. Like, how can I say I want to get deeper? And you, your answer was like, well, what does deeper mean to you? And for some reason, that one just really stuck with me because something about our relationship feels surface. Oh, was that you? Is that your Finsta? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I I submitted the question <laughs> and just, like, hoped and prayed you'd answer it. Um <laughs> No, I yeah, and so, like I have been trying to reflect on like what is it, like what mm-hmm. is it about that's not feeling deep, and so I, I I'm trying to confront that, so you haven't like you haven't been able to conceptualize what that is yet, correct, and therefore, I haven't brought it up to him because I think it would be this weird dead end conversation where it's sort of like, uh, okay, right, yeah, like, what is he supposed to do with that information, exactly, there's no action item. Right. <laughs> anyway. So that's like percolating. And then we were mm. supposed to go out again on Sunday, but he canceled because he was not feeling great. And oh, um, yeah, it's it's fine. It just is what it is. And now I won't see him for um, a while because I'm traveling, then he's traveling. And like, I don't know, something in my gut says it's just going to fizzle. Interesting. I just feel like there's been a lot of there's been a lot of weight on keeping momentum going while we've both, while like we've been gone or I yeah. I can own that. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. He's a great guy. I, I don't yeah. want, like, this he is not, like not to disparage him in any way. Yeah.
0: I know that gut feeling very well. Yeah. Like I, I can like feel it though. Yeah. I'm not currently feeling it. Thank you. Well, you'll see. Yeah, exactly. We will see. Yeah. One of those things that's like, that's, sort of a future you problem in the sense that like you don't need to deal with that right now or figure that out. 100%. Yeah. It will play out how
1: it plays out. Yeah. I I have a wild, it's not like, fo- it, it's sort of phone throwy in that I'm shook, but it's not phone throwing in, in terms of being bad. What happened? So I was swiping on Bumble, saw this guy that was cute, swiped right, didn't think anything of it. He has a very. It's important that he has a generic male name. That's part of this. Okay, got it.
0: So like a like a Chris type of thing. Exactly. Okay.
1: So I say, "Hey, big question for you," as we do,
0: uh-huh.
1: and he replies, "The answer is yes." And then he puts three initials that are the initials of a television station. So let's let's just say it's CNN. And then he says, okay. "Crazy, was that your question?" And I was like what the fuck is going on? What? I I was like, is he just making up? Like, I've had guys make up an answer. Like, yes. I'm so glad you asked. Like, I'm so glad you're interested in what my favorite dinosaur is. I will tell you, you know, whatever. (laughs) I said, that might be the answer to another question, but I was going to ask this and just like moved right along. Right. Good banter. I give him my number. He texts me and I notice it's the same area code as my own. And so I say like, Whoa! Another same area code. How funny! And he goes, "Yeah, I'm ninety five percent sure we went to elementary school together."
0: No, I
1: was, I was like,
0: "What?" So he knew from immediately.
1: Yes. So I realized
0: my elementary school is the same initials as a television station. I see, and your name is very unique.
1: I, he, yes. So I even said to him, "I was like, you had a huge tip off. Like you had the huge advantage, advantage. here." <laughs> Major advantage, and that's not a fair fight. Exactly. There was no shot, because his name is a classic, like, grand millennial name where there were four of them, I believe, in our elementary school class. Got it. Yeah. So yeah, it's super interesting. I would like to go out with him. Yeah. We have not spoken in 21 years, I would say.
0: That's crazy. I wonder if I would recognize somebody from elementary school. I guess I probably wouldn't. Yeah, I mean, once he said it, I obviously immediately
1: went back to the profile and looked. And of course it, it clicked immediately. I knew which one he was once he said it. And yeah. I said his full name to him and I was like, that you? And I even said, I- I'm surprised I didn't recognize you. And he was like, Well, I've aged 20 years. <laughs> like it's fine. <laughs> but yeah. So I like, here's here's the thing. I I want your opinion. Cause we are generally opposed to asking like why just swipe right or like that type of question yes i do want to know a little bit because i i had no idea i swiped right because of pure interest did he swipe right because he was like holy shit how crazy i think i went to elementary school with her or is it because he's interested
0: well you could use the exact same script that i used on the volleyball player who never replied to me which was what remind me I said – I mean, obviously, you have to adapt it, but I said, so did you swipe right for volleyball invites only?
1: Oh, well, we've like already, that. like, said we're going out. Oh, then you don't
0: need to do that. But I why, don't know. Like, it could
1: just be to catch up. He's bringing um, – he sent me a picture
0: of it. He wants to – he was like, when we go out, like, I'm bringing this, and it was a picture of our fifth grade yearbook. <laughs> That's amazing. Um, it is not just to catch up, Rourke. Okay. Nobody messages somebody on Bumble and then schedules a catch up. Yeah, fair enough. Platonically. Yeah. No one does that.
1: Yeah, and I, I, I mean, I would actually be – very like, I'm very interested. He and I were both kind of on, like, the outskirts. We were, like, not mm-hmm. in – like, I was not a part of, uh, like, the cool girls group, and he was not really a part of, like, the cool, sporty guys group. There were
0: outskirts in a class of 26 people?
1: Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because there was, like, five top girls and five top guys, and, like, the rest of
0: us. I mean, I'm familiar with the tiers. <laughs> I, I, I was very much bottom tier, not to use a uh, Bama Rush TikTok – Terminology. Yes. But yeah. But that's funny. Okay. Well, that's great. Yeah. Anyways. Well, I'm excited for how this plays out. What are we gonna call him? I mean
1: the oh, I already have a student. Um the classmate?
0: The classmate. Yeah. yeah. I like that. My first my first thing that popped into my head, which is not appropriate, is the fifth grader. Oh god. No,
1: we can't do that. I was like,
0: wait, no, we can't call someone the fifth grader. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 no. That is how this podcast gets flagged. <laughs> I was <laughs> I was talking to a friend of mine over the weekend, and he was telling me about this, like, girl he went to high school with that he, like, has this on-again, off-again thing with, but he referred to her as this high school girl. Nope. Nope. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's, that's going to be a big no for me.
0: <laughs> and he started telling the story, and he was like, yeah, so – I had this on-again, off-again. He had a text message and I was like, oh, and he like smirked at it. So I was like, oh, like, what's that? He's like, oh, it's this high school girl I have an on-again, off-again thing with. I was like, what? Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> Sir, you got to rebrand. <laughs> no, we, may, we must not call her that. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. Like you are a 35-year-old man. You cannot go around saying you have an on-again, off-again thing with a high school girl. Oh my god. Um. Anyway,
1: okay. Wait. Has there been anything from the camper? Uh,
0: yes. Uh oh. I kind of forgot about it. Um. Yes. So last we spoke about dear camper, we had barely spoken. Mm-hmm. I had asked him. I said had told him that we should do a FaceTime date that he may have interpreted as meaning at that moment at two a.m. Right. I did not mean that, but I never clarified, and we like – I had texted him about a volleyball tournament that I was playing in. He wrote back, but like it wasn't very enthusiastic. I was like, this is probably done. Okay. So however, I am going to Chicago the second weekend of September, and we had talked about playing together at this volleyball tournament. Right. I remember this because you're already playing with his roommate, right? Yes. So there's a day where you play quads. I've already confirmed with his roommate – that he is going to be one of the guys. My best friend Cindy is the other girl in addition to me. And then I had spoken to the camper about trying to get off work to play. Okay. We're going to the tape. I texted him last night and asked, or yesterday and asked about it. It was actually in the morning upon review. And he called in the field <laughs> night, in reality, day. <laughs> in reality, it was broad daylight. And oh, it's even worse than I thought. Oh, it God. was actually the day prior. It actually took him like an, a, a full day to reply. Oof. Yeah. And he replied with, hey, I unfortunately will not be able to get off work to play on Friday, period. Brr. It's yep. cold in here. <laughs> yes. Uh He may Yikes. as well have
1: signed it. He may as well have signed it regards. Yeah. Per our last conversation. Basically.
2: Huge.
1: Uh, Oof. What happened? So that's
0: so that's done. 100%, but like what? I don't know. Wow. No clue. So, I don't know. It, it it sucks the it sucks the most because as you know, as I've discussed on the pod, I didn't foresee a relationship with him. I actually right. don't even think that if we lived in the same city that I necessarily would want one as we've talked about. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. So now I feel like I got broke up with somebody, broken up with by somebody that I never wanted to date in the first place.
1: A, that's it's it's a real
0: kick in the nuts. <laughs> I <It> really is. <laughs> it's like I didn't I didn't want to date you, but now you've rejected me. How did that happen? How did we get here?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, that's 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 some cognitive dissonance, and it's one of those things that doesn't matter and yet is very frustrating and yes. bothersome. So bothersome. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. That's lame and weird. I'm sorry. Uh, thank you. I, I appreciate
0: that. So yeah, that's that's your camper update. Okay. Allie, I brought you back because we have a bit of like an emergency update. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I I love an emergency pod update. Please go on. <laughs> when we were
1: at time of last recording, I had matched with the classmate. Yes. I had had plans with a girlfriend that day that he and I like were really kind of digging into texting and whatever those plans fell through and so i reached out to him and said like hey i know this is crazy totally fine obviously if you're like not free tonight but like a girlfriend of mine canceled like would you want to hang and so we extra funny because you hate that shit oh my god despise and so i was (laughs) like let's just see what happens here i'm let's be crazy I um, I shot my shot for a Monday night hang, and he was like, I'm totally free. Like, let's do it. Amazing. Had an incredible date. What made it so incredible? It was – I don't like – I don't know if – it's funny because – so I went to an all-girls middle and high school. And right. so there's never been, for me, coming back to like someone that you've, mm. you know, known from your past and then putting it in a romantic context. Yeah we had this like bizarre intimacy and like shared history that was so fun and funny to reminisce about. I was a little bit worried that we would use reminiscence as a crutch yeah. and sort of just talk about, Oh, remember that? Remember when? And cause that's different, right? Like when you meet somebody at our age, fresh, with no history you immediately are talking about like who am i today um yep. let's learn about each other and so i still wanted to learn about who he is today right and it was just not even a problem the best we like i haven't i i have not felt from jump with somebody that i could be 100% myself wow yeah i like i just felt so good on this date and so, yeah, we'll see. Um, we actually are going to end up overlapping in Dallas, and so I think that we will have our second date here. And then, um, in a Rourke friend meeting chaos update, he is
0: coming as a plus one to a wedding. <laughs> I, your, your life is so chaotic. It. <laughs> With with that in that specific way, in a way that the rest of your life is the least chaotic life of anyone that lives. Yes, very regimented. (laughs) That specific slice of your life is wildly chaotic, and I am here for it.
1: Yeah, it was very spontaneous. Um, We were just like, I can't remember exactly what we were like going forth back and forth, pretty rapid fire about something. And I was like, okay, like, want to be my plus one then for this wedding? And he's like, Are you really asking? Because I really will. And I was like, Yeah, I'm really asking. And so then I followed up with him in the sober light of day. And Good. he's like, yeah,
0: yes. let's do it. Wow. So our, our our flight's booked, our plan's made. Everything is locked in. Wow. All right, Wow-y. classmate.
1: Trivia better watch out. I know. I classmate was texting my girlfriend and she said, she was like, this is like the bachelorette where like you're basically saying to one guy, like <laughs>
0: our connection is like just not as deep as my other connection. <laughs> God, it's so <laughs> true. I... I we still don't know if Trivia listens, right? No clue. He's in for a real rude awakening on this one. Yeah, I wonder if we will find out if Trivia listens. Like if he does listen, this feels like the time he would raise his hand.
1: Yes, agreed.
0: But yeah, so it's all very exciting. That's yeah, that's incredible. I'm very excited for just all of it. The update on that Monday is gonna be wild. (laughs) I can't wait. (laughs) Also, since we are having this emergency pod reconvene, I can also update that on the earlier segment, I talked about how I had just gotten my first match from my matchmaker. Yeah. And I can say at time of recording that we have a date on Friday. Oh my God. I cannot wait. Okay. That's so fun. I just feel very good about
1: this because it's like, I also think if you're using a matchmaker, even if you're not a client, like there's a level of seriousness about it. You know, you're not just swiping to swipe. It's not – Game. It's not a game. Like I, th- I think that, like I'm sure this guy is really looking for something, which is like such a great baseline. I'm very excited. Did you get a text? He <laughs> just
0: texted me. <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> it's trash. Trash. But I, sorry. So I do, I do really like his vibe so far, though, and I will, I'll talk more about him next week. Um. And, you know, once I've had my date. But before we get into our guest, I did want to do a quick callback of a DM that I got about our last episode on Negging. Oh, yeah? Yeah. So this woman DM'd me and she said – and I got her permission to share this anonymously. She said, I listened to your episode today. It was the episode on Negging. Thank you, thank you, thank you. My ex literally used this video of yours and she shared the video that I mentioned from um, – Her name is Avery, at quietBPD on TikTok, Mm -hmm. at quietAvery on Instagram. I didn't mention that the last time. Um, That video where I stitch her and kind of like point out, um, you know, negging in real life. She said, my ex literally used this video of yours since he knew I followed you, sent this very video to me after I let him know my boundaries The negging to point out all the ways this woman behaved inappropriately, and that was why her boyfriend was right to neg her and manipulate her for her own good. We broke up shortly after. Uh, Unfucking believable. Unreal. Um, And then she goes on to say some – Really nice things about us being voices for strong women, which I really appreciated, but she said, "You helped me get out of a toxic relationship early days, um which even if we could have some small part in you know helping somebody recognize that sooner rather than later, it just warms my heart a hundred percent yeah that that's great like that if that if
1: this podcast is doing that work, we are succeeding yeah, I mean even just this one time, I'm like, agreed,
0: great. yes that's it. That's all we needed.
1: All right. Pod's over. We've
0: done it. We've done it. Yeah, we're done. (laughs) For all the people when we first started the pod who kept asking if we were going to have more episodes, even though we kept saying, yes, we will record every Monday. (laughs) Sorry, we lied. It's over.
2: Yeah. Listen up, guys. If you haven't heard yet, we're coming to the DC Comedy Law for another live podcast. Thursday, March 21st. Get your tickets. We are I think over halfway sold out already. Well over halfway sold out. So get your tickets if you want to come experience some magic live. We want to meet you. We want to talk to you. We're going to have so much fun. And it's also Allie's birthday that week.
0: It is my birthday that week. So and my mom might be there. I'm excited. You can go to findingmrheight.com live to find an easy link also in our bios. To get those tickets, and we are going to have an after party afterwards where we can really meet and greet, talk to everybody somewhere in the area.
2: Yeah, so make sure you come, DC Comedy Loft, Thursday, March twenty first. And if you want to check out some stand up, I'm going to be there all weekend. So Friday and that Saturday, I'll be doing stand up shows. Start swiping on Hinge, bring a date, have a good time, and you'll you can come and meet Allie's mom. Which we still have some spots left on our Portugal trip. And a little update on that: a few of you reached out to us about. Hey, I want to come either, unfortunately, I don't have my mom anymore, or I want to come with my aunt. I want to come with my sister. I just want to come with a friend. The trip is officially open to anybody that would like to come, as long as you don't mind. Half the trip being moms and daughter combos. Everybody's excited to come. Doesn't matter. You are welcome to join.
0: Travel with us. It's going to be so, so fun. You can also check that out at com slash podcast. If you have any questions about it, feel free to reach out. We're happy to answer anything. We're just so excited. To be there with our moms and with you
2: yep next october october 4th through 10th check it out come travel with us too
1: well great from call back to call for- call forward i don't know next top this topic talk of what we're doing this week okay that but was a terrible segue i'm very sorry <laughs> i'm falling down as a co-host again we're um. not professionals yes exactly we have a guest this week and people have been asking when we're gonna have a guest again so love
0: it. Clearly clearly they're tired of us. Our guest this week is Jenna Langbaum who wrote this really cool book called Me in Search of You. She's in addition to an author also a copywriter and a playwright and she wrote this book that's sort of a collection of poems about it's I, I assume it's autobiographical. We'll get into that with her. Um it I thought it was super cool and I'm really excited to talk to her about it.
1: Yeah, me too. I love the way that she she distilled complicated emotions and concepts down into these beautiful, pithy sentences that really resonated with me a lot of times.
0: Yeah, same. So let's get right to it and bring on Jenna. Let's do it. And now we welcome Jenna. Hi, Jenna. Welcome to Finding Mr. Height the podcast.
3: Hey, guys. I'm so excited to be here. I am a big fan of yours. I listen every week um I found you guys I think from seeing other people and I just got hooked I started from the beginning and here I am
0: amazing love that we love Alana she's amazing and at the time Jonah
3: yes um yeah it was so fun to get to chat with them too they're so great Yes.
0: Well, Jenna, as we mentioned in the intro for the listeners, you wrote this incredible book called Me in Search of You. Rourke and I loved it and we're excited to get into it. But first, we wanted you to join us in a little segment that we have, which you probably know about because you listen to the pod, which is weird or not.
3: Yes. Oh my God. I'm honored to get to participate.
0: Join me in the embarrassment, please. (laughs) It's fun for me to watch Rourke be upset that she's wrong. Um, okay, so this week's Weird or not nah is they double message you on an app after only five hours. Jenna, I'm going to go to you first. What do you think the listener's split was, weird or nah?
3: So this one – okay, so cause, because I listen to you guys, I you know know the other ones, and I feel like I'm almost in my head guessing pretty closely. But this one <laughs> I think could really go either way, to be honest. Um, I think – I think I'm going to guess that it is 60% weird, 40% nah. Okay. Rook. Okay. This would really bother
1: me. And so I know that I am skewed <laughs> by my own feelings. Because mm. five hours, that's not even a work day. It's self-awareness. Like, le- y- thank you. Yeah. And um, so it's like, you know, let me live. <laughs> I also don't have notifications turned on for my dating apps, so I often let some time go by. So I'm going to say I'm going to just take a big swing here and say um, 80 weird 20 nah.
0: Oh wow, you think it's real weird?
3: I don't know. I I I'm trying to I see I lean in. Think, I think that it totally depends on what the message is. So it's like yeah. mm-hmm. if okay, so for let's say they let's say they message me like hey, how's your week going, right, to start? Then they, like, maybe look back at me and they're like, oh, wow, you went to XYZ College? Like, my brother went there. Or, oh, wow, you love cheeseburgers? I love JG Melons. Where do you love? Like, that to me isn't weird. I mean, I made up, like, one specific scenario. But if it's, like, two normal messages, that is fine to me, I think. But if it's, like, hey, what's up? And then the next message is, Hey, where are you? Or like, why haven't you responded? That's that's crazy, like in my opinion.
0: Yeah, so I think this is where the wording of the question has it has actually sort of interrupted the point of of the segment. Because when Rourke and I conceptualized this question, we were thinking about that second example because it had happened to me. Exactly. We were thinking about an example where Somebody messages you and I was annoyed about it so I texted her about it and then we were mm-hmm. like this is the next weird or not nah. somebody had messaged me and then I forget how much longer later in this instance but not very much longer I think it was he like had one written hour. question mark question mark question mark
3: oh i mean
0: it was yeah, an absurd it, we we actually extended i think you're right work i think it was an hour and we extended it to 5 to like try that's to get some wild. People to But what I realize now, and your answer, Jenna, is like what a lot of people said. I realize now that we weren't explicit that that was the follow up. So the actual split ended up being forty percent weird and sixty percent nah.
1: Jenna, take my job.
0: Um, No, (laughs) I was
3: reverse. No, she was the
0: opposite. She was the opposite. Yeah, closer though. We were
3: both wrong. Um, I have got, I've definitely received that on a dating app where it's like, I don't answer. And they're like, if you're not interested, just tell me. It's like, I haven't even seen you yet. I don't even know you. Like, I don't know. So all
0: of the people who said weird interpreted it the way that we intended it, which is that they're following up to be like, what the fuck, where are you? Right, right. And all of the people who said it's not weird were like, they're interested. Like they just had more to say, or maybe they realized that the last thing they said to you didn't further the conversation. And so now they're continuing it on at 100%. Right. That's not weird. That's great. That's fine. Just to be clear about where we stand. That's encouraged. <laughs> yes. Very encouraged. We are, we stand double messaging. work and I yes. text in streams of consciousness. That. I'm the same. Yeah. But so I think that this is a, a lesson learned on our end in terms of specific wording. <laughs> totally. Well, with that, we want to talk about your book. I, like we mentioned up top, we both loved it. The format is so unique. So we mentioned this in the intro, but it's, and I want to hear it in your words too, but to me it felt like a compilation of poems and I loved Mm. that so, so much. And I, we would love to hear more about, you know, where did, how did you conceptualize that? Sure.
3: Yes. So the format's extremely unique. Um, Each story is 200 words about, um, And it's a combination of, um, prose poetry and dialogue. Um, and I arrived at this format because I, so I've always been like a writer of some kind, I would say, um, like I studied it in school. I wrote a play that, um, I produced with the Fringe Festival in New York after I graduated from school. Um, and just, I've always been interested in writing and I always wanted to write a book, but, um, I've, I have like all kinds of different writing backgrounds. So I was like a poetry major and I was a theater major. So I have a lot of like dramatic writing background too. And I've never been like one to think about writing and like, it has to be this, it has to be this. I think that, that, um, especially when you're talking about like dating and relationships, the emotions that come out of this are so intense. It's sometimes not feasible to communicate it in just one type of writing. I think so. I started writing a collection of full-length essays, I guess, about dating. I had just been dating for so many years in New York City as a young 20-year-old, you know, 22 to 26, 27 kind of um, person in New York. And I was just, like, experiencing the same things over and over and over and, like, really felt this camaraderie with my friends who were also experiencing it. And we just – it was just – we couldn't find, like, any. Um, outlet that was really covering it in the way that felt very genuine and unique. So, I mean, to our experience. So for example, like we loved girls, we love sex in the city. We love all the classic, like amazing New York dating shows. Um, But they're all very specific experiences and didn't seem to reflect like the dating apps or what it's like to like be at this age, living in New York, giving it a go, not on sort of any spectrum of extreme, just just like a person really trying um, from sort of like a normal headspace, I would say. So with all that in mind, I wanted to write a book of full length essays. I started writing them and then I would reread them and I'd be like, they'd be these indulgent long sagas of like, this was the first date. This was the second date that I didn't hear from him. Then he came back. Then he ghosted me for real this time. And like, it, they were just droning <laughs> on and on and on. And <laughs> I kind of realized when I was reading them, I only really liked like three or four sentences of each. And it was like the weird thing that he Mm. said on the first date, my cab ride home, like how I cried because I was like so emo or whatever it was. Like the little nuggets was really what I remember about a lot of these little sagas. And so I tried it. I was like, I'm going to do little tiny short stories. And I also thought to myself, what is the likelihood that anyone's going to sit down and want to read like these self-indulgent long essays? I just thought like, I feel like the the people that I'm speaking to will appreciate the format too. So that's how we arrived there. Um, and so it's just 200 words of, of story basically. And then at the bottom there's one sentence that's like me looking back on the experience and giving like my perspective. Um, which basically came from one of my friends who I was telling him about the book and he was like, that sounds great, but that sounds like so depressing. And <laughs> you're just a, a really jolly, like funny person. I think you need to add something um, like one or two lines that would be from your perspective. Like if you were giving a reading or if you were telling a friend the story, like you would add the little like Jennaism. that's like, oh, well he ended up being like a freak or whatever. Like I, I would say about the situation. Um, and so I added that one line at the bottom, and that's sort of how I got to the format. I know that was quite long-winded, but it's kind of a unique, like, odd format, so I feel like I must explain.
0: <laughs> no, that's so cool.
3: No,
1: absolutely. I, I really enjoyed it. And the feel of it really reminded me of the Museum of Broken Relationships.
3: Oh, yeah. Where nice. it's
1: these sort of, like, little windows and these vignettes into kind of, like, moments in time. Yeah. I really liked that about it. And I think something that worked really well too is that this concept of you is a ambiguous pronoun throughout where it refers to every man that you see. And therefore it's like the you changes as we date. Oh, right now it's you. Oh, right. oh no, 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 now it's you. <laughs> and right. that like works really well as a device, I think.
3: Thank you. I love I love that you got that from that because I worried a little bit, like, is everyone going to get confused? But then I was like, that's sort of the point, right? Like I, today I may be talking to this person and then someone else comes in tomorrow, but then the guy from the other day comes back and it's like a big swirl of you's always happening. And so I sort of liked that it was ambiguous.
0: Yeah. I also thought that at times you was yourself, like you were talking to yourself, like me in search of you is also like me in search of me like because totally. you're talking Love to that. your younger self too at times right as you reflect back on these Absolutely. situations
3: yes for sure i i mean the writing of this book it was like a very cathartic experience for me um it's it was just like wild to um reminisce on every basically i just went through every date i ever went on and it, they didn't all make it in there um and not all of this is true, like to the detail or to the timeline of course, or you yeah. know, all of that, but very much like yeah. from my own experiences, I would say.
1: Well, you're a literary Taylor Swift. There you go. Oh my God.
3: Biggest compliment that you could <laughs> give me, literally. My dream compliment. Love her so much.
0: Well, we kind of thought in keeping with that sort of short snippet format that it would be fitting to do this episode in a little bit of the same manner. So Rourke and I wrote down... A bunch of our favorite quotes from the book. And we thought that we could use them as jumping off points to talk about that aspect of dating. Love that. Great. Um, Rourke, do you want to start with yours? Because I really, really liked that first one that you told me that didn't make it into the doc. Sure. So this is something that
1: I really related to. You conclude a story this various behavior by the man that you are in a long-distance relationship with um, that you have kind of accepted from him. And so your last thought is, but what is harder to admit or even articulate is why I let you. And that really spoke yeah. to me because something that has absolutely come up for me is I look at toxic, manipulative behavior that exes have done – I stayed in that relationship. I continued to choose it. And behavior is communication, right? Like I was saying, therefore, that this is okay. And so I really related to that, that that is often the question I'm left with at the end of a bad relationship.
3: Yes. I um, feel like from what I know of you guys, just from listening to your podcast, I feel like you're both very confident women. And I consider myself very confident and self-assured, I would say. But I think realizing that about myself is really tough. And, you know, it's... Happened like many times where I've been like sitting in a situation with a significant other or like even someone I'm just dating and I'm like, you don't, you won't take this, but you are like I am. And, um, it's just when you're so deep, your head is like not computing, um, you know, how wrong something is truly and how if someone else told you that story, you would be like, you shouldn't be dating that person. So it's really hard to wrap your head around those things. I think that comes at like all ages and and all different relationship statuses.
0: Yeah. That ties in really well to something that I picked out, which was I twisted into a different version of myself, which I think comes up. I related so hard to that in a similar way as work was saying of situations that I've been in where I've accepted behavior that I would tell my friends is absolutely unacceptable and it's yeah. like I I am the same person who accepted that but it feel I feel very disconnected from that person.
3: Yes, and I I mean I mean that in so many different ways I think too like I think that when I go on dates, I mean, I wouldn't say any more just cause I feel like at this point I have like, I've just spared it all out for the <laughs> world to find out. Um, but like before when I was younger, I'd go on dates and I'd be like, sort of like, who am I tonight? Like, not that I'm, you know, not myself, but just, you know, leaning into different parts of myself that I think that they would like better. Mm. Um, and now I, I don't do that. Um, I really, really try not to do that because it's like, eventually they know, they find out like that you wrote a book of poems and like, (laughs) that's going to come out. Like you just, yeah. So, um, but yeah. And then even, you know, again, with a relationship, it's so difficult when you really care about someone and you're so far along with them to admit like, this is so messed up. And now I have to dismantle my life because you did this thing and I don't want to do that, but I know deep down that I should sort of
1: adjacent question for the group. What do we think is the difference in either feeling or interpretation of wanting to try something new because it's an interest of someone you're dating and then doing something that's not true to you?
3: So I um, I would say that like in the book, it's mentioned, I dated someone in college who was extremely outdoorsy. And I'm not, I'm just not outdoorsy. Like it is not relatable to me. (laughs) And I, but it's like, I can all, I'm also like a very easy go. I like to think that I'm pretty easy going. So someone was like, okay, we're going to go, you know, hiking. I'm down, I'm in it. But like the camping situation, it's just not me at my best. So if you're going to take me into that situation, you're going to need to really walk me through all of it. Right. And I felt this like dissonance with the two of us always because he was so outdoorsy and I was so not, and I felt very much like you had to be like, you need to become this person. And I think now, I think it is like such a balance. Like I I think that you can do the hobby with the person and you can, you know, experience what they want what what they like rather um and and engage but I think you you have to set up the boundaries of like okay well I'll go hiking with you during the day but I want to stay at like a hotel at night if we're going on a trip somewhere and like that's the compromise totally. between the two of us um I also I happen to think too it's like nice for people to have different interests like when they're dating yes. that are just like their own things like I don't know that I would necessarily want to date someone who was like critiquing my writing and like wanted to be involved in it. Um, I sort of think it's nice when it's like my thing and then they have their own things. But um, I don't know. That's what I think.
0: Yeah. I've talked about this a little bit with – I dated somebody in 2020 who we call the oyster. And I've talked a little bit on the pod about how he kind of convinced me that I wanted to do things that that are very – off brand for me but at the time I thought I was really into or like I thought that like I could be really into maybe is a better way of putting it. So like one of the things I've mentioned before is that he grew up with a framework where his mom didn't work. She was a full-time caretaker and, you know, and he really liked that setup and had me thinking that I would like it too even though I would not. I would not. Yeah. And I just – (laughs) That's I look back on it and I'm like, how did I – how did he get me to think that I would be into that? Or like he also got me thinking that I would be into going to church on Sundays. I don't go to church on Sundays. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, my God. He like got – like he – the manipulation was real, y'all.
3: And Well, I also think that you have to enter the relationship like very – you you really need to know yourself because those moments do happen so often in a relationship where it happens slowly over time where it's like, come with me one day and then you're going. And then all of a sudden you're going like every Sunday and like, you're like, but maybe I don't, maybe this isn't me. So I think the more you know yourself when you enter, the more that you'd be like, this is my firm belief, but it's extremely difficult.
0: Yeah. And it brings me to something else that I wrote down from your book, which I related to, which is you said, I would tell my friends and myself, isn't that amazing? He's so cool. Meanwhile, in the moment, I just knew.
3: <laughs> mm,
0: that hits deep. Yeah. It really does. And I feel like I said that about a lot of stuff about the oyster of like, isn't this cool? He does this. Or, oh my God, he said, I love you after 10 days. Isn't that romantic? But like deep down inside, I knew.
3: Yeah, you always know. Like you know, you know. And I also think the second that you're like making weird excuses about the person to your friends, or like setting up scenarios where you're like, "He's so busy at work. I know that. Like he has this presentation, and then he'll text me and blah blah blah." And it's like, oh please. Like it's like you. What are you doing? Like sometimes I'm just like Jenna. What are you saying to to just appease yourself? Right <laughs> now? It's just like, crazy.
1: Speaking of the – this is going back a little bit to Allie's comment about me in search of you having – kind of a, having like a dual meaning, something that I know spoke to both of us was one of the italic comments about when you're sort of getting into dating again after that significant relationship ended. And it reads, I didn't really want a calzone in this tight, tiny top, but alas, I was learning the mechanics of how to be my real self on a date. And so I think this does even connect with what we're saying right now, that it's about – there's a certain aspect of knowing yourself and yet still kind of figuring out as you go. And that can be a delicate balance.
3: Yes, I I feel that particular situation was the epitome of like me just wanting someone to like me and just like doing whatever, like and saying whatever I could to just get this person to like me. Um, It was my first dating app date that I had ever been on this person. And he was five years older than me. It was like so hard for me to wrap my head around the whole situation that I was just like anything I can do to make him feel like this is a good idea I'm doing um and he ghosted me like so crazy like we dated for like two months I would say um but like you know met the friends like the whole exclusive thing and he ghosted me and I was 22 and I was like this isn't possible. Like it, it, it like could, I couldn't register that that was like a thing that people did. It was like so difficult for me because I grew up in like a smaller town. I went to a smaller, a very small college. The, the idea of ghosting like was not real. Like if someone didn't answer me in college, I would see them. Like <laughs> there was no, like, there was no like, Oh, I'm never going to see this person again. And the first time that that happened, it probably shook me more than even like the breakup or anything. Cause it just showed me like humans can do this and like, this mm-hmm. is going to happen. And it's really crazy. So it's just, it's, it's so defeating. Ali, how hard is this resonating with you? I
0: <laughs> Somebody who is best friends with my very close friend tried to ghost me. So
3: <laughs> I, I have also had that situation, Ali. Someone that I went out with who was very good friends with a friend of mine ghosted me. And then I'm like, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Like, uh, hello. I saw <laughs> him like one month
0: later. I'm like, you can't ghost me. We have a close mutual friend.
3: Oh my God. I saw him like two years after at uh, like a party. And I, I remember we made eye contact and he, he literally looked at me and goes, oh shit. Yeah. You better be scared, bro. And I was like, I'm, you gotta go, like too much.
0: Yeah, but I I definitely relate to feeling like you're molding into different versions of yourself or like who you think that person wants you to be on a date. And I also really resonated with when you talked about feeling like first dates are often performative. You said, I can feel my brain mouthing along to the stories like a stage mom.
3: Yes, I feel like a, there was a patch of like, time in my early 20s where I was going on so many first dates that it was turning into a literal like a play every night where I would like put the black tank top on do my hair have the glass of wine go out go to the same like three or four bars always like there's always like the same places like hi, I'm Jenna. Like, this is what I do. Like, try to explain it. This is my family. Like Mm -hmm. by the end of it, you're just like, did I like them? I don't even know. I feel like I was just like giving my speech, hearing their little like speech back. And like, that was it. Like it can get so um, crazy too, where you're not even like really thinking about what you're saying. You're just like relaying the facts, like my job, my friends, like this, you know? So, um, I think that now I definitely like approach it a lot differently where I, I, I'm very chatty. So I started to just sit back on dates and be like, you go like, let's, <laughs> let's hear it. <laughs> like, tell me about you and like, tell me something interesting. Don't just, you know, we'll get to your job and the whole thing, you know, all the things, but tell me something else.
1: Yeah. I know that we talk about that. The idea that, People like us who are talkative and gregarious can pretty easily fill space. You can come away from a date thinking, like, oh, that was a great date. Oh, wait, no, I just did my shtick. You know, I did my thing. I did well. Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah. A plus yeah. to myself.
1: <laughs> and yeah. so I think we, how do you think we steer away from that and like engage in sort of like more authentic storytelling or versions of ourselves? What do you guys think about that?
3: So I would say that like, instead of like I always try and now I would say I pay attention a lot more to this like I try to veer the story like if they're like telling me about their friends or whatever I try and like veer the story to like a more interesting place other than like what are their your friends's names and like what areas do they live in like I don't know I'm just sort of like oh like you know what did you guys do on Friday night where'd you go like do you guys go out in the West Village normally or do you go out here like blah, blah, blah. Like just try and get to like some meat, you know, something, um, rather than like collecting the stats. I really try not to, um, especially with dating apps. I know how hard it is where you like essentially get like someone's stats and their photo and you're like, all right, like this, this works for me. These stats work for me. Um, but when you sit down, I try and like see also like, you know, for me, especially with this book, I feel like I am very candid right away. I tell everyone, you know, about the book right away because I don't want them to think that I'm like trying to use them for material. Doing research. Yeah. And I think my, my book has opened up a lot of interesting conversations. Um, I think people, once they see that I've done this, they want to tell me their own dating stories a lot of the time. Mm. Um, or they want to like be like you know hear about you know how it you know got published or like blah 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 and like it's you know a little bit more needy maybe um but on the other hand Ali, I think you've said this before like talking about bad dates like on a date is like um not always the move and I kind of agree like I think it can be like a little weird where you're like we're supposed to be on a date I don't really want to hear like your bad date
0: <laughs> right it's like a very minor form of trauma bonding
3: yes yes
0: I and I often find when I go on dates and tell people that I am a dating coach on the side, one of the reasons I don't often lead with it is because somehow people think it's a good idea to ask me for dating advice while we are literally on a date. Psychotic. Yes. It's insane. And then but the, and then they will like ask me on second dates. I'm like, but you just spent the entire first date asking for dating advice. Were you asking for advice about how to date me? I don't understand.
3: It's so odd. It's like, why are you doing this?
0: Very odd. Um, But to answer your question, Rourke, I think that something that I've tried to do to try to have more authentic conversations is to have conversations about topics for longer.
3: Mm.
0: Mm. So rather than kind of sort of against the format of the book, (laughs) rather than having like these like small, you know, ping pong type Interview conversations that I feel like dates can often be, like you said, Jenna. Like, oh, where'd you go to school? What do you do? What who are your friends? Da, da, da. Like, find something that you that sounds interesting to you in what they said, and dig into that, and have a longer conversation about a s- smaller amount of things.
3: I love that. That's exactly it. I yeah, feel that's like a great that's tip. Exactly-
0: yeah, I mean, that's you know, obviously, you need to find something interesting to dig into in order for that right. to
3: happen. Sometimes there's nothing. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Oh, I, I have been grasping on at those straws on. many a time. Yeah. yeah.
3: Like I'll be like, and your sister, like how is she, like, what's, you know, what's her name? And she'll be like, Samantha. <laughs> and I'm like, and hey. where does she live? Like, <sighs> and I'm like, are you on this? Like, don't you want this to go well?
0: I know. I was talking to when, when Alana um, guest hosted for work when work was studying for the bar, Alana was talking about how, and she and I were talking about how, People will be on terrible dates, but then they will want to order more drinks. And we're like, why would you want to extend this date? This is terrible.
3: That makes me wonder, like, are they experiencing the same thing? Like, what are they (laughs) thinking in their head?
0: They must not. (laughs) No, there's no way. If they were experiencing what I was experiencing, they would have left already. Exactly. (laughs) But I think that... Talking about all of these dating experiences, it's like so heartening. I think to to talk about them with people who get it, and like you were saying, Jenna, like reading your book, I think really speaks to experiences that we've had. Um, and you know, it feels like a lot of the things that I have felt really represented on the page. But you mentioned in the book talking to friends who don't get it, and you know, friends who are in relationships or you know, married, people who have been out of the dating game for a long time, maybe never even dated on dating apps. And something you said that really spoke to me was the language used when speaking to single people should be a course in college.
3: <laughs> yeah, I think it's. I'm in, I'm in a particular wave right now where I just got off of ten weekends of showers, bachelorettes, and weddings. Good God! Oof. And so, like, this has never re- like been more true. I think it's
0: thoughts oh, and prayers.
3: It's just so. I think what it is is like my friend. There, I have a lot of friends that are in relationships who like listen to my own experiences and really want to hear and, you know, give give it a real college try to understand what's going on. But it's just these subtle, subtle comments where it's like, I'll be like, oh yeah. And then blah, blah, blah texted me. Um, and they'll be like, wait, is that the guy from like that situation? And I'm like, pay attention. Like <laughs> my characters. And then, or I'll be like, or they'll be like, what's going on with, you know, you know, John or whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, like haven't heard from him. Like, I don't know. And they're like, you haven't heard from John? Like what happened? And I'm like, that is the wrong thing to say. Like, come on.
0: Uh, (laughs) Yeah. I get, or the very similar, like, but he sounded so great. I'm like, yep, you're right. He did. We all thought he was great. He turned out not to be. (laughs) Keep up.
3: Like, (laughs) And it's like, what do you think that I'm thinking? I don't know why this is happening. Like, I have no idea. (laughs) Like, I'm just like hoping for the same thing as you. So, yeah. But it's, again, it's, they, a lot of my friends have met their significant others in college or like much earlier in their 20s. And it's just, we we, we are living different situations. So I, on some level, can't really, you know. it's just inevitable that we are experiencing such different things.
1: Jenna, I'm really interested in your interest in psychics. (laughs) (laughs)
3: Yes.
0: (laughs) Um, It it is a recurring theme that I loved a lot.
3: Yes. So I guys, I love psychics. I just always have, I, I find it to be the most fun experience. Um, I just, Uh, What I really like about them, I was on a different podcast and he would, the host was just like, I've never met someone who is like this into psychics. But the thing that I like love about it so much is that someone else, whether it's true or not, you know, whatever you believe, I, I appreciate whether it's true or not, someone else is telling you what they think is going to happen in your life that's a fun, cool thing. And I also think it, it shows like what you really want to happen. Right. So yeah. every time that they're like, that's Oh, damn true," you know, the guy that you're talking to, like, you're going to marry him or whatever. And if I'm like, I don't really like him. Like it, it will just pop right in my head. Like, I don't think that this is it. Or, you know, if it's something with a job, or you know, with the book, or whatever it is about my life. I think you all oh, like it pops right in your head right before they speak or after they speak, where you're like, "This is what I want to actually happen," and just interesting perspective. And I also think it's just fun. I it's a habit of mine. I go, I go quite often, and I'm like always interested in like if one of my friends goes to one, I'll I'll go to her or him or whatever. So, um, just always something that I love. I'm a Pisces, so I feel like it's very connected to my. I'm like very dreamy. I'm very like I believe mm. in like spiritual, like mystical things like this. Like I very much believe in so- like signs of things um and in the book I actually experienced in the at the end of the book I went into a cab and the the cab driver was a psychic and what he said came true literally like to the to the day. So that really validated a lot for me. <laughs> Wow.
0: I I found it especially hilarious that you took a date with you to a psychic.
1: <laughs> Incredible. That was a great,
3: that was a great story. That was a pretty wild move on my part. I'm not going to lie. Yes. Um, But yeah, and it was like, you'd think that the psychic would know like these two are like, you know, on a date or whatever. And she basically was like, to me, like, you aren't going to meet someone for a really long time, and she was like to him, like you you're currently dating your soulmate, and he and we just like had the weirdest like interaction after it. We like went right to a bar and like took a shot. I remember. Wait, how was
0: he dating somebody else? I don't understand. I don't, I mean, maybe
3: he was, but I we didn't. I don't remember what. I don't remember what happened with him. Like if we just faded out, it was that was pretty early on for me. <clears throat> That was like a wild twenty-three year old kind of movie.
0: But I actually, I really like what you said though about how it can validate what you're already feeling. Like it's the same feeling that I get when I'm like trying to make a decision and I pick one and then realize I'm disappointed and I sh then I'm real oh, I guess I wanted the other thing. I had that experience when I ordered dinner the other night and I picked the wrong thing.
3: I don't know. Yes, the yeah. seamless situation is always regretful.
0: hmm Yeah. Rourke helped me out with that one and I I went with the burger Rourke and I regretted it. I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to steer you wrong. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Um, but I also there's just so much that I resonated with, but something the thing, honestly, the thing that I wrote down that resonated the most with me is no matter who you are, hearing your ex has a new person is just a big fat punch. It is a universal fuckery. <laughs> I like laughed out loud and was like abs fucking lootly it doesn't matter it doesn't it doesn't matter if you're over them it doesn't matter how long ago it was it tr- it it's truly universal it it is a universal fuckery to use your words
3: it is it doesn't it it just it is always a mess and I think and this is the most like obvious statement, but it's like with social media it turns it into an even worse like ongoing thing so it's like in my parents' generation, they might hear through the grapevine that someone they dated was dating someone else or getting married to someone else. But now it's like, and I don't like follow my ex-boyfriends on Instagram or anything, but like, I could always see it if I like really wanted to, you know? And I think like that is really dangerous. And I, I, you know, just know this from friends too, like where they look and they look and they look and they look and they're like, oh my God, she's, is she prettier than me? Like, is she cooler than me? Like blah, blah, blah. And it's like this is not good for your mental health. Like it's really bad for your mental health um, to be like that deep in the saga of the ex boyfriend's new girlfriend.
0: Yeah.
1: I will say on the whole, the way I feel about my exes is like, I would love for you to find that person. Like, That's great. If you're dating somebody great, I love that for you. Find her, get her. It, it ain't me.
0: <laughs> I I do feel that way except for the ones that are shit people. I do feel that way but it's still it still doesn't feel great, I guess. I don't know. Like so my most significant ex who we call Aspiring Super Vegan, he he and I have a mutual friend and although he is not on social media so I can't even if I wanted to, That's I can't funny. investigate his situation, I do get occasional updates through our mutual friend and even though it doesn't it doesn't bother me per se it still is like ugh, he's
3: dating someone
0: like uh, like it it's I don't love it
3: I think it's also like your distance from the situation too so like in the book the one that the passage or the story that that one is at mm-hmm. the end of it wasn't very long after we broke up so I think that was also really hard to hear like I was dating and it was going so terribly. And then, you know, he had already found like a girlfriend that he was posting that on social media enough that people knew about it. Um, And I think also for me, what I hate so much is like when people want to like tiptoe around it, around me um, and be like, Oh, should we tell Jenna? Like whatever. And it's like, I hate that. I was like at the center of that. Like, I just am like, tell me, like, I don't I want to like, you don't have to keep it a secret, whatever. Um, But now I like, I haven't spoken to him in like five years. So he's married. Like, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't have that same, like, oh no kind of vibe. Um, But at the time I was like, oh my God, like, how is this, how is he already, you know, finding someone else and so over it and I'm just plugging along over here.
0: Aren't we all just plugging along?
1: (laughs) (laughs) I like this one because I think it really captures the complexity of dating and it says, but the fact that there is no formula is what makes it simultaneously devastating and magical. And I think that that's so true where it's like we take away these lessons and then we try to apply it to the next guy and it's like, oh, well, that doesn't quite apply here. (laughs) And I think that's why these conversations are kind of like endless and um, we're able to kind of keep diving in and have having these experiences.
3: Yes. So I think when it comes to, I think that sentence is very all encompassing from, you know, the perspective of what it's like to date. So I, I really do think that in the sense that like, I, you know, have had so many situations where I'm like, I cannot believe that I'm getting rejected once again, like, it is almost unfathomable to me. Like the set, the amount that I am rejected or reject others. Like there is this like did de- like kind of dejected energy about dating, but then all it takes is like one amazing interaction with someone or a few dates with them or whatever it is to get to that place where then you're like buzzing again in your head about them. And you're like, Oh my God. Like, I feel like I'm like 16 and like, you know, like so excited and all this stuff. And it's like, that, it really is like unbelievable that those feelings still exist. Like I think when I have those feelings again, and like, this is why we're doing this. Like we're trying, like we're giving it a go. And when you do see some sort of, you know, excitement again, it it is all of a sudden fulfilling.
0: Completely agreed. That's so true. And I, I think that's often what I tell people when they ask about dating app fatigue and, you know, how do you just keep going? And like, because it really... It doesn't take that much, in my experience, in dating to get you to be positive again and kind of negate a lot of negative experiences that you've just had. Like the positive to negative ratio
3: is low. And I think it's also like when something finally is clicking, you're like oh my God, this makes sense why the other ones were not right. They were almost right, but they weren't quite right. And that is so satisfying because then you're like, I mean, I am like this, um, where I'm like, this all is like just a process where I'm like learning about, you know, why that person was almost right, but not really right. And all of those like mechanisms to to get forward and forward and forward. And I just think that it it makes me just have this sense of like it is worthwhile, you it is okay, and you're experiencing joy again, which is great.
0: I love that. I think that is the, the very perfect place to end this conversation.
3: I tried to steer us to a positive place, guys. Yay. <laughs> you did great. You did Loved great. It. We you ended did. so positively. <laughs> the perfect rom com ending sentence.
0: <laughs> yes very much so but jenna before we go where can our listeners find you and buy your book
3: yes yeah, so you can find me on instagram um just my name jenna langbaum um you can buy the book anywhere that you would buy a book pretty much so like amazon barnes nobles your local bookstores um and all of that information is um if, on andrew's andrews McNeil's website um and yeah uh check me out amazing amazing this
0: was so much fun thank you for coming on and chatting with us
3: oh my god i loved it so much it's so great to meet you guys i'm such a like truly fangirling over here it's so fun totally mutual
0: (laughs) yes very much so
3: (laughs) say goodbye